Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. Lots going on. Wolf, are you, are you fresh off that uh, nine-year, $360 million deal you just signed? Was that you? Uh, no, that was not me. Oh, that was Aaron Judge. No. <laughs> Pretty good deal to get, huh? Boy, that was kind of sweet right there. Good for Aaron Judge, man. This is what the market will bear, ladies and gentlemen. It is Disneyland. We all know that. It's not real life. And good for Aaron. If you're going to hit, I don't even remember how many home runs he hit now. 62? 60? I don't know. If you're going to hit a lot of home runs, you're going to get $360 million from the New York Yankees. How about the news? Let's just start here, Wolf. The Chris Paul. Sounds like Chris Paul. Remember Chris Paul? Sounds like he's going to be back. It's been exactly one month since his last game with the Phoenix Suns, and it sounds like he's making his return tonight at home at the Footprint Center against the Boston Celtics. Man, you know, you just can't help it, right? You can't help it. You, you have to ask the question, why? Why tonight? Was it tonight? I mean, this has been day-to-day for a long, long time right here, and we all had our suspicions as to why. Why was Chris Paul sitting out right now? And we all thought maybe, especially me, pick me first, Bazinonians, but I thought, you know what? They want to find out a way to actually play the game of basketball without Chris. Paul. Chris, you just sit down right now because we really don't need you. We need to rest you is what we need. We need you to actually be good going into the postseason. That's what we truly need. We've learned that over the last couple of postseasons, have we not? That's what we really need is a healthy Chris Paul. So you sit down there. We also have to find a way to win games when you're not around. Because a lot of times in the postseason, you're going to miss some games. (laughs) That's the one thing we know. So, you know what? It made perfect sense as to why they were sitting him down. But why after the Dallas Mavericks game? Why not the Mavericks game? Was he not ready to go for the Mavericks game? (laughs) Why, Why the game after? The Mavericks. Well, that's, that, that's, that's the thing. Is there is there a reason? Because if there is a specific reason right now, then there, it opens the door to a lot of questions. Are you so unhappy with what you saw against the Mavericks that you want to make sure you kind of get closer to your normal team out there? Is it because you're playing Boston and right now the, the Celtics are the standard in the NBA 20 and 5? I think there's a lot of similarities between this year's Celtics team and last year's Suns team, honestly, coming off a close finals loss and then just dominating the regular season. Or is it simply, hey, it's been a month and and Chris is feeling better, and let's get him out there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I know. I don't know what it is. I really don't, Luke. But I will tell you again, the, to think of the Dallas Mavericks game. Did anything weird happen in the very first Dallas Mavericks game? Do yes, you remember? I needed every second of the first half of that okay. game, every second of the full okay. game. Very Chris Paul sitting at the end of the first game. Ding, ding, ding. So for me, once again, I don't even know what the connection would be so much. It was just so weird. That that happened in game one of the season, and Chris Paul was actually sitting down in crunch time. But Monty, Monty, can you call time out right now? Because James Jones wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you about why Chris Paul is actually sitting down in crunch time. 
No, I said, no, that actually didn't happen. And yeah, they brought Chris Paul back. Remember, they brought him back mm-hmm. in late, but it was it was after the 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 crunch, so to speak, was actually there. So to me, I, I don't know what to make of that. Were they comparing and contrasting anything with the Dallas Mavericks, knowing what the Mavericks had done to them in the playoff series in six games? Was there any of that going on, comparing and contrasting? I don't know the answer. It just seems really, really odd that Chris Paul, a weird thing happened to Chris Paul in the first game you played the Dallas Mavericks. And now all of a sudden, right after the Dallas Mavericks game, you're going to bring him back. I don't know. I'll tell you, I mean, after that game on Monday, I, I'm at the point now where I, I get it. Regular season, we may not see the full Suns lineup very often. Now, I, I would hope, you know, the last few weeks of the season, ideally, we are seeing the Suns at full strength. We're seeing Cam Johnson, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. We're seeing the bench established by that point because we're going to be 70 games in. I don't want to see the whole team come together for the last game against the Clippers. Now we're going to flip a switch in the first round of the playoffs because I saw that switch flip the other way in the playoffs last year. I'd like to see the team at full strength you know, by the end of March, early April. But up until then, I'm guessing we're probably going to see guys in and out of the lineup. You brought this up yesterday. You know, Chris Paul's back tonight. Am I really supposed to assume he's just going to play in the next 60 games? I mean, I'm guessing Chris Paul's probably yeah. going to not play some other games this season, too. But yeah. either way, he's back now. He's back now, right now, and I'm very, very interested to see how the Phoenix Suns play tonight. Uh, let's face it, the Boston Celtics. Ooh, the Boston Celtics, uh, the best team in the association, and suddenly, Chris Paul, you know what, that's enough of you sitting down. Uh, we saw what happened in the Mavericks game, and don't you see, the Celtics are here tonight. So, Chris Paul, this is what we want to see. We want to see you play against the Boston Celtics. So the timing seems a little soft back to me, but once again, um, I'm happy to have Chris Paul back, and I can't wait to see how they play with him out there. Is there any difference? You know, I will say this, too. How many times have we seen around the NBA in the last few years, okay, here's a matchup like this, you're playing the best team in the NBA, and you're not at full strength, so you almost just kind of roll with not being at full strength. Oh, we, yeah, we lost to the Celtics by 18, but we didn't have Chris Paul or Cam Johnson or Torrey Craig. Sure. What are supposed to do? I feel like we've seen that a lot around the NBA with teams doing that over the last few years. I respect the fact that the Suns are like, hey, we're playing the best team in the NBA. We're not going to be at full strength tonight, and it's Chris Paul's first game back, so he may have a little bit of rust, but let's get the best lineup we possibly can out there. We can't have Cam Johnson, but we can have Chris Paul for the first time in a month. Let's get him out there. And by by Just by the nature of doing that, you don't really have the excuse if the Celtics come in here and win by a dozen. Oh, we didn't have any of our players because right. you will have Chris Paul back. Yes. I, I, I just like not shying away from it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one right there. Um, it is going to be interesting. you got to give Chris Paul a little bit of grace, do you not? His first game back. How many games did he miss? 13 games? Is that what it was? 13 or 14 games Chris Paul missed. Um, you got to give him a little bit of grace coming back, of course, and easing himself back into the 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 tempo and the style of play and I don't want to read too much into how the Suns look. It's Chris Paul's first game back. You know, uh, again, um, yeah, is it Chris Paul? Yeah, of course. So we're talking about Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards, if not the best point guard in the history of the association. 
you know, we all expect him to walk right back out there and bada bing, bada boom, he looks exactly like Chris Paul. And I will tell you right now, if I'm wagering, <laughs> which I never do, because a bird in the hand is so much better than two in the bush, is that not right? Yes, it is. You know, but still, if I was wagering, man, I, I'd say Chris Paul's going to come back and look like Chris Paul. That's what I expect. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take very long. I mean, we, we've seen the track record his entire career. He lo- always looks like Chris Paul unless he's playing Dallas in the playoffs. But they're not playing Dallas. So, I, yeah, I expect Chris Paul to look like Chris Paul within, I don't know, a quarter. Maybe that's maybe that's not fair, but that's sort of the bar he has set throughout his career. Here's the other thing, Wolf. You play Boston tonight. Friday, you play New Orleans. New Orleans, the number two seed, a half game behind you in the Western Conference. Sunday, you play New Orleans. Yeah. Number two seed, a half game behind you in the Western Conference. Is there a history there? Well, Chris Paul has history with everybody. No <laughs> doubt about it, man. But, I mean, if you are if you are looking at any regular season games this year as having a little more meeting, these next three, they have them. You're playing the best team in the NBA, and you're playing the team that's right there with you for the top spot in the Western Conference. Those are your next three games. So maybe it is just coincidence that you're able to get Chris Paul back right now, but if it is, that's pretty good timing. See, it isn't, man. You know what? Come on. It's just, there's no way. There's no way. I I think we all understand that Chris Paul and his heel, the contusion, are you kidding me? It was day-to-day, and suddenly that day-to-day situation, it was 13 games later. (laughs) Whoa! What happened there? Uh, Now, all of a sudden, you come back after the Dallas Mavericks game. Once again, I, I don't think that may have had anything to do with it. And when I say that, I'm talking about the outcome of the Dallas Mavericks game. I think it was how they played. I think maybe they wanted to see it again. Because in the very first game of the season, Chris Paul, of course, was out there in the first half, was he not? Where they were down 22 points. Yeah. Down 22 points. Wondering if they wanted to see if that was going to change, if something different was going to transpire with Chris Paul. I'm just it saying. Didn't. I'm just <laughs> it saying. It was worse. And it didn't. You're right. It didn't. It was even worse. Also. But the timing cannot. There's, this is no coincidence. We are almost five weeks into that one to two month uh, timetable for Cam Johnson too. And Cam Johnson is a guy that I want to see back out there for fifty straight games when he comes. Yeah, back. Yeah, but then he's going to go on day to day when he gets well, over the two month period. <laughs> Whatever. We're almost we're almost to day to day then. All right, we come back. How are the Cardinals looking injury wise as they gear up for Week fourteen against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? We're going to tell you the one player we would each want back for the final five weeks. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right, it is already Wednesday. This week's kind of flying by. Cardinals technically don't play until next week, obviously on Monday against the Patriots. But now it is time to start taking a look at some of these uh, these injury updates. And a couple names got brought up yesterday to Cliff Kingsbury Wolf after the show that I wasn't even sure we were going to hear again this year as potential players. Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez. Here's Cliff. Yeah, um, I don't think either will be back this week, next week, possibly. I'd say that's the soonest. 
Oklahoma City, the one could be back. Next week, possibly. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> that feels like it's Yeah, you up. know, at least that would be four games right there. You got to see Will Hernandez play in this offense once again, and this offense has changed. It's morphed. And all you had to do was look at the fact the Arizona Cardinals had 181 yards rushing the last time they were on a football field. And I think they're going to continue to try to do that, and Will Hernandez would certainly help them. Um, Rodney Hudson, I, I just uh, I don't think we're going to see Rodney Hudson for the rest of the season. That's just my guess. I, that's I, I was surprised to even hear him brought up as a possibility there. Not not that you know not that he has at any other point been ruled out or that like I've heard. Hey, he's not coming back. It's just kind of the way this season has trended. I was I, I'm. At the point where I'm going to be kind of surprised if we see him again at all, and, and I, that's I know. there's really I guess no reason for me to feel that way. That's just kind of how I've felt at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, I just once again I think he's done. Nobody has told me that, Basinonians. I think he's done. And the only question I really have is, does he want to end his career on the field or not? That is. That is the only question that I have. Again, nobody's told me this. I'm just guessing. I hate doing that. Yet at the same time, it is my job. This is what we do. We sit around and we speculate about a lot of things. And Rodney Hudson and the condition of his leg, some of the things that I've been told by some people, some people that I think I trust. As a matter of fact, I know that I trust where he's basically operating on one leg. I I, I just don't see him coming back. And, you know, what can I just say personally too I was so thankful uh, for getting to say goodbye to the game in my 10th year in the National Football League um, I sat out in 1994 with a bad back I could not pass a gasser test and Bill Belichick was the head coach and he was a stickler on one thing you, you had to say. you had to pass the gasser test to actually practice and if you could not pass the gasser test you could not practice I could play football Ball base and onions, I could not pass a gasser test because what happened is my low back started to lock up on me. It would lock up on me. Okay. Hey, listen, Bill, I'm not going to be out there on the field long enough for it to lock up yeah. on me. Let me sprint down the field. I'll bust up a wedge. Let me go ahead. Hey, you're 21 personnel. Wolf, get in there. Get in there and let me go hammer somebody. And 25 you're seconds at a time or whatever. Exactly yeah. right. And I would have been okay. But with Bill, that was his. His rule, and he stuck to it, and it applied to everyone. <laughs> None of this is surprising. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, once again, I was so thankful, 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 Lord God, that you allowed me to actually finish on the field. And I wonder if that's what he wanted to do that or wants to do. Always bothered me about Larry Fitzgerald, and maybe it doesn't even bother Fitz, but it's always bothered me that his last couple games in the NFL. Um, he didn't get to play, right? That was the 49ers game against C.J. Beathard and the John Wolford game. Those were technically Fitz's last two games at the end of that season, and he didn't get to play. Of all of all Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, I feel like, should have been on the field for his last game. How legendary would it be if Larry Fitzgerald came back? Can you <laughs> Here we go. No, I know. All right, I'm just throwing it again. Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald, are you listening right very now? Very legendary. You want to do something incredibly, incredibly legendary? Get in shape and then come back okay, and well, play one more game. Don't do the press conference thing where you, you know, I'm announcing my retirement, that type of deal. He won't. Don't do that. Just come back, Fitzy. One more 
game. Can you imagine State Farm Stadium in the Red Sea? Christmas They'd night. Out of their home. Against Tom Brady. Oh, oh my goodness. There'd be, do, there'd be fans there in Tampa Bay Buccaneer jerseys, ripping it off <laughs> to put on a Red Sea shirt or a Larry Fitzgerald shirt. Did you something. see it? Larry Fitzgerald, number 11, by far still the most popular jersey you see at a Cardinals game. Yeah, it it's, is. And I don't mean like, oh, it's, it's Fitz and then a close second. No, it's it's like 90% Fitz <laughs> and then a lot of Buda Baker. <laughs> it's like you're going to wear Fitzy. What are you going to say about it? What? What are you going to say about this jersey, right? There's nothing to say. Yeah, you better. You're not going to rip me because I'm walking around with an 11 jersey on. I am guessing Larry Fitzgerald will still be the most popular jersey at Cardinals games five years from now. Even though I'd never do it, based on means I'd never wear another man's name on the back of my shirt. I'm just telling you. But a lot never. of football fans, football more than any other um, sport, you go to a game, it's mostly jerseys. Yeah, that's good. Next. So that really changes my answer then to this because we were going to, there's a lot of different directions you could go with this. All the guys on injured reserve, all the guys that are, let's even say, questionable for this game that, that have been injured. Who would you most want back for these final five games? Now, I'm going to say Larry Fitzgerald for setting that aside because that was the Man. wild card you just threw in there. To me, there are two specific names that I would most want back for these final five Okay, games. boy, this is good right here. Two specific You want me to names. read all the injured players? Oh, wait, we don't have time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm sorry, but I want to vet this live on the air, ladies and gentlemen. I want to process this. Rodney Hudson is the first name that comes to mind, Rodney Hudson. But you know what, Rodney Hudson... I. Once again, I think he's done. Now, I don't know that to be the case, but I think he's done right there. But Rodney Hudson is a guy that impacts this offense. And I think from a one-loss perspective, you go back and you look at the games that Rodney Hudson has played in. They, they've they won a lot of those games that Rodney Hudson actually starts in. If they were fighting for a playoff spot, if this game on Monday was like a must-win, and you win and you're in and you lose and you're out, Rodney Hudson would be my answer of all the injured players, of who do I most want back for this game. Yes. But with them being at four and eight, I'm kind of looking more big picture, but you can go a few ways with this. I mean, you can absolutely go with the like, no, I want to win on Monday. Rodney Hudson yeah. give me the, the game here is this guy comes back and is fully healthy for the last five weeks. It's not, oh, he comes back, but he might get, re- no, it's like yes. it's one player that's out right now for the Cardinals, you could bring back. Man, be. That'd be really rough. Right? Will Hernandez um, is another name that comes to mind right now. Will Hernandez was the best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals had when he got hurt. He was, to me. This is just me, once again. Watching him on tape, he was playing better than any other offensive lineman the Cardinals had. Pardon? Are they going to resign him? Uh, I, you know, um, we'll see. You're right? We'll see. That, we'll see. Nobody on the offensive we'll, line signed we'll after this year. We'll see how that goes. Um, don't don't make me tell that story right now. I have no time to do it. Um, but I also thought of, and this is the one I'm going to settle on. Oh, Max Williams. Yeah, that's what I said. Max, if you told me the the little game is he would be completely healthy, completely healthy, final completely five healthy, he'd come back and he'd be completely healthy. For me, Max Williams, he's that big of a game changer. The Arizona Cardinals, when they go eleven personnel base underneath, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, when they do that, which is their best and their most used personnel group, they need a stud tight end. And guess what? The Arizona Cardinals have played all season long without a true stud tight end. All 
season yeah. long. They kept four tight ends. Trey McBride right now? Trey McBride is a move tight end. That's what he is. He's not a stud tight end. He's not going to be a guy. Now, he could develop into a stud tight end. But in 2022. Okay, but in 2020, 2022, right now, he's a move tight end. Okay, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a move tight end. He's not a Y. He's not a stud tight end. You're not going to line him up and run the ball right behind him. He's not a great blocker. He's a willing blocker. He's not a great blocker. And Steven Anderson, he's more fullback than anything else. So, um, yeah, they ne- they played all season long without a true stud tight end until Max Williams played in some games. Well, I'll give you my two answers here in the last three seconds that, that may come back. Uh, Byron Murphy would be one. Byron Murphy. Just because, again, big picture, I want Byron Murphy out there as much as possible because that, to me, carries over into next year. And the other one is Rondale Moore. Wolf, and here's Cliff yesterday on Rondale Moore and Greg Dortch. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, at least one of those guys will be ready. Dortch um, has made big strides, so I think he'll uh, have a chance to go. Just because you're still hoping big picture next year, there is a scenario where you are running DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Rondale Moore all out there at the same time, right? That's that's ultimately the goal. So anytime, Rondale Moore just doesn't have a whole lot of experience at the NFL level yet either. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, we come back. Who are the best teams in the National Football League heading into week 14? We'll rank our top five with our NFL Power Poll next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, let's let's do this. The Week 14 Power Poll Wolf. Typically, you and I have about four of the same teams out of the five. Yeah. They're almost never in the same order, though. Hey, let's do this. Uh, yeah, let's do it. I can tell you right now, like much like last weekend, I'm, I'm done with records determining the order uh, of the Power Poll. Oh, okay? okay, yeah. It's, Once it's again, December. the one loss thing doesn't matter. Ever. You didn't say it doesn't matter about um, no team. Yes, you did. You just said it. It. Ma- it doesn't matter about one team. Hey, Luke, if you're going to say it, do it, all right? Oh, okay. Be it. Well, then you'll see which team it didn't matter with because at this point I'm going with teams that are most likely to make a deep run in these playoffs. So do you still disrespect the Philadelphia Eagles? We shall see, no, no, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, 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 no disrespect to Philadelphia. They're legit. Okay, here we go. Number five. Number five. Also, do I have to remind you, I was the one that had the Eagles in the playoffs at the start of the year. <laughs> yeah, God that's damn. right. And then you abandoned them. I abandoned them as the you best betrayed team. betrayed them NFL. at two brute. All right, here we go. Number five. And this is the biggest question mark on my list, no doubt, because we don't even know who their quarterback is. San Francisco looks really good in every single facet of the game, except quarterback is a question. I'll give you that. We'll get into the Jimmy G stuff. There's talk maybe he could be back in time for a playoff game, but uh, that defense has given up seven points in the second half total of the last five games. San Francisco I have at number five. You've got to be kidding me, man. Right there. (laughs) You've 
got to be kidding me. You've got the 49ers. You love the 49ers. I do not. You're a 49er lover. They disgust me. Um. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, number five, Luke is way off on this one because the Minnesota Vikings have 10 wins. <laughs> they have 10 wins. They are 10 and 2 right now. Their offense is coming around, starting to run Delvin Cook a little bit better as well, and that impacts everything around the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins and what he does. The Vikings in this defense, the one area I worry about, their pass defense is horrific. That seems like an issue. In the <laughs> it playoffs. is horrific, yet at the same time, they continue to win close games. The Minnesota Vikings, 10 and 2. 10 and 2 at number 5. 10 and 2 with a point differential of plus 10 on the season. And all they do is win. So a Put your hands in the air. Let's see, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. Minnesota's the team. Like I said, I got to see it. I got to see it from Kirk Cousins in a playoff game. That's the team that we're going to go through my list, and you're going to say that's the team you disrespected on this list because I don't even have them on here. Yeah, I'll tell you that. And yes, they are ten and two. Let's go to number four. <laughs> number four. Number four, I have a team that beat Minnesota by 37. So I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, who I don't like Dallas. This is a tough list for me, Wolf, because I'm not the world's biggest 49ers fan, and I definitely don't like the Cowboys. But And they got that defense, and they are just routinely putting up 30, 40, 50 points a game in some of these now. So... You know, you could make the case. I got to see it from Mike McCarthy in the playoffs after the way last year played out, too. But right now, Dallas has, they are firing on all cylinders. I have them at number four. Yeah, the the best thing the Dallas Cowboys have going for them is Zeke Elliott and the fact that they are running the ball so much better than what they have. And it's not like they've been awful all season long. They're a top 10 rush offense in the National Football League, man. Number seven in rushing yards per game and number 10 in rushing yards per play. This is what they do. This rushing attack is coming around for the Cowboys. And Dak Prescott, of course, I think is finding himself a little bit. Yeah, could they use an OBJ? No doubt about that. But it's about the defense with the Dallas Cowboys. And at nine and three, they're number four. That's See, I, it's funny because I think defense, too, with them. Here's their last five games, though, and what they have scored. 49, 28, 40, 28, and 54. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. If you're going to have that with the defense, look, I don't like the Cowboys, but I, I'll take that resume. Here's number three. Number three. Number three, I wrestle with this one, Wolf. There's a clear top three, and then you can put them in whatever order you want. I'm going to go with Buffalo at number three. Um, just because I don't know... How healthy Josh Allen is now. Even if he's not fully healthy, he just won his last three games. They've been close. The Patriots game was fairly convincing on Thursday, but struggled with Detroit, struggled with Cleveland. They're only number three because the other two teams are are great. You know, for me, once again, um, I do not struggle the way Luke does. Um, number three for me, clearly, the Kansas City Chiefs. Clearly. <laughs> well, same record what do you mean? Buffalo. What are you talking they about? The same record. Clearly, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what's so clear about it, Basin Onions? The Cincinnati Bengals have shown the rest of the league. They've shown everybody how you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 
It's amazing. Then why isn't can't it? anybody else do why it? Why in the world? Why? This is what I wonder right now. Why does any offensive coordinator that is out there, why does any head coach allow his offensive coordinator, if he in fact is not his offensive coordinator, why does he allow any offensive coordinator to look at any tape other than the Cincinnati Bengals tape when they're getting ready to play the Kansas City Chiefs? Fair question. Why? Three why would you do it? Three straight wins in a row. Forget about this season. Forget about that. Just look at the tape. And the common denominator to me, the Bengals running the ball. The Bengals running the ball. They didn't have Joe Mixon last week and they ran the ball with Samaj P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Just run the ball right there. And of course, you've got to be able to get a pass rush as well. But the Cincinnati Bengals are a team to watch right now. Very dangerous over the last five weeks of the season. But I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs at number three, nine and three, because there's a tape out there, and that tape reveals how you beat the Chiefs. All right, on to number two. Number two. Number two, I still have the Chiefs because at this point, Patrick Mahomes, to me, is is, is still the MVP frontrunner. I think it's a two-man race, and we'll get to the second one in just Run! a second. But the Chiefs, as long as they're not playing the Bengals, Man, that hurt. they look unstoppable. <laughs> I hurt my throat badly. Don't make that voice in the first hour of the show. Save that for the fourth hour. Man. So I got the Chiefs at two. When's the Panther call out? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, you got Chiefs number two. Chiefs I'm going two. with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Buffalo Bills at nine and three right there. There clearly are three top teams. Yes. I would say in the National Football League. I'm with you on that one. My Buffalo Bills playing in the park, ladies and gentlemen. Number two. Dallas is, is starting to sneak into those top three, too. It might, might be a top four. Number one. Number one. Number one. Unbelievable. Uh, if you watch the Eagles, it's not the 11-1 and record. It's how they're doing it, Wolf. Philadelphia, to just for them to go out there and just throw the Titans around like they were nothing on Sunday. That was an eye-opener to me, where, where Philadelphia, it just seems like they can move the ball however they want, whenever they want, and it doesn't matter who they're playing against. Apparently, it was an eye-opener to the Tennessee Titans and the ownership group as well. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Just get rid of our GM, even though we're in first place every Un- year. Unbelievable. That was odd. We'll get into that. you got to be kidding that me. That very strange. Um, okay, Bright. Sorry. Can you um, give us your number one team? Number one, ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia Eagles at 11-1. Nothing but ones for the Philadelphia Eagles. 1-1-1-1. One, 1-1-1 one, one, and, one. One, one, and number one, number one in the Power Bowl. All right, you mentioned it. All week this week, listen it's for the close. Pantera call-out. And once you hear Wolf do the call-out, Call in at 602-260-9870. If you are the uh, caller number that he calls out, you'll get tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium on September 1st. We're doing it all week again. Uh, when you hear Wolf do the call out, 602-260-9870. We come back. What do you want to see from the Suns tonight when they face the NBA-leading Boston Celtics? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sunday brought to you by Coco 5. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Celtics tonight from Footprint Center. It doesn't get much better than this, Wolf. 
You look at measuring stick games around the uh, NBA right now for the Phoenix Suns. Okay, Golden State, I would say still, even though Golden State doesn't look like Golden State right now. I guess you have to put Dallas on the list because the Suns never look like the Suns when they play Dallas. I, I would, we'd all feel good if the Suns just went out there and hammered Dallas at some point, right? Hammered them. But I think Boston is the standard everybody has to be measured against this season because the Celtics are 20-5. and five. And when I look at the Celtics, when I look at the 2022-23 Celtics, I see a lot of similarities between them and last year's Phoenix Suns team. Coming off an NBA Finals run, you don't win, and you proceed to just take it out on the league the next season during the regular season. Yeah, no, that's a good point right there. It really is. And they have a very similar player, I think, in Jason Tatum. I would agree. Kind of a two-way guy, just like the Suns have Devin Booker. What do you want to see tonight? That is the question that we're asking right here. The first thing I want to see is a competitive team. That's what I want yes. to see. Let's start there. You know, I, I mean, honestly, the Mavericks game was completely deflating. It, it was deflating to actually see that happen to the Suns again. Yeah. Yeah, because of the team, because of the opponent. Yeah. If they just had a bad night against a ran, if they just lost to the Atlanta Hawks, they just didn't have it. And they lost to the Hawks by 19. Big deal. But because of the way they looked against the team they played, this is a unique opportunity, I would say, tonight to instantly put the sour taste of that game out yes. of everybody's mouth because you're playing the best team in the NBA. Yeah, not only it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they come out of that tunnel, man, how they come out in that first quarter, how they play in that first quarter, where the intensity level is, where is the sense of urgency. You were talking about this and have been talking about it. The Mavericks appeared as though they had that sense of urgency. Yeah, they they seem to find it anytime they play the Suns. I mean, whatever whatever's going on in the Suns' minds when they play Dallas, you know when Dallas sees the Suns, yeah. they're like, oh, here we go. And, 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 and I think it's Luka in particular. Yeah, but it is it's those role players that are just suddenly like, oh, we can hit a bunch of shots that we can't hit most nights. I mean, Josh Green had two points last night. Did you watch Dallas at all? <laughs> yeah. Josh Green, who was it was all of a sudden yeah, Michael Jordan uh, against the Suns, he had two points. Here's the thing: the Mavericks. It's undeniable. They looked ready to play the game, and the Suns looked like, meh, for the most part. Yeah. And that was disturbing. So what do I want to see tonight? Number one, I want to see a competitive team. It's, you know, when you say that there are a lot of similarities between Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, the way you know you're right on something like that is because... Both fan bases get offended when you say it, especially <laughs> Celtics fans. Oh, Jason Tatum, yeah, how, do you, how do you do that? Nowhere near. Yeah, they they have pretty similar numbers. If you go over the last month in particular, and this is counting the awful game Booker had the other night, Jason Tatum, who's the clear cut MVP, is averaging one point more per game than Devin Booker. There you go. Uh, he's averaging what? Uh, I mean, he's, he's he's pretty good across the board in terms of rebounds and assists, but he's averaging two less assists than Booker per game and two more rebounds. Two or three more rebounds per game. What I'm saying is they're pretty similar players. No doubt. Not just in how they play, but on on the level that they are performing. And yet, if you listen to national media this year, it would be like, well, Jason Tatum is in a whole different league than Devin Booker. No, he's just Devin Booker last year, this year. Right. No, I'm with you on that one. Um, I don't want to get into that specifically right now because number two is physicality. What do I want to see tonight? I want to see a team that is physical. That's what I want to see because the Celtics are going to be a physical team. They are. They're they're one of the best rebounding teams in the association. And like the Suns, the Celtics are a top 10 points in the paint team as well. 
Okay, I, this is what they do, man. Both teams um, are actually tied. Isn't that interesting? They they allow 48.2 points per game in the paint. <laughs> both teams. And they're both in the top 10. Interesting. Is it not? The comparison, once again, some of the similarities that are There's out there right now. They are teams. a physical team, and they're going to rebound the basketball. Rebound the basketball. <laughs> Um, now, if that I works, can't say that, by the way. I can't say that without doing that. Now, if so. DA goes out there and has like 20 rebounds tonight, you're going to have to do that every Suns game for the rest of oh, the year. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. You're going to have to. Um, both teams are actually in the top half of blocks per game. The, this is going to be a physical, physical game tonight. And I want to see the Suns rise up and engage in that physicality. Isn't that right, DA? They engage. Sp- they split last year's uh, season series. If you remember, was it New Year's Eve? Yeah, I think it was New Year's Eve. The Celtics just went off on the Suns. But the Suns beat them in the first meeting. But you, you talk you talk about similarities and you talk about the path and where they are. And the Celtics were in the finals last year and, and ended up losing. And now they're the best team in the NBA this year. And that's what the Suns did last year after losing to Giannis the year before. Devin Booker and Jason Tatum, everybody I'm sure has their opinion as to who the better player is. I think they're pretty even. I think they're two of the best six or seven players in the NBA. Um you know, Marcus Smart and Mikel Bridges, they are not the same player by any means, but they are two of the best defensive players in the NBA. In fact, according to the voters last year, you can make case they were the two best defensive players sure. in the NBA. So you've got two teams that have a great player in Devin Booker and Jason Tatum, and you've got two teams that have a great defender in Mikel Bridges and Marcus Smart. Well, you're, you're, you're definitely connecting the dots here. That is well played by you, Luke. I'm a little worried, though, because who is the Suns' Jalen Brown? The same, yeah, no, the that's, Jalen Brown. I haven't accounted for Jalen Brown yet, and Boston does have him. DA, can I talk to you for a minute? Can, can you can be Jalen Brown? Uh, yeah, you know what? I know he's a different type of player, yet at the same time, here we go, DeAndre. We're going to throw the ball in here. We're going to let. Okay, you get my point. Look, number three for me right now in terms of what do I want to see tonight. So just in summation here, I want to see a competitive team, of course. I want to see physicality, and I want to see purpose. That's what I want to see. I want to see a team that has a purpose. The Celtics are the best team in the association, Ron Wolfley reporting. Um, I want to see the Suns say, you know what, um, we think we're pretty good. Yeah, we, we think we're pretty good. And oh, by the way, we're playing you at home. So, you know, we're going to come out of this tunnel. You want to go? Here we go. I, I want to see a team that comes out with a purpose, especially with CP3 returning to the lineup uh, tonight. Yeah. I mean, you, I you, want you to want see to jolt. That. Yes, I want to see them come out with a purpose because this is the best team in the association. And, oh, by the way, we think we're good, too. So let's settle it the way that everybody should settle it on the court. That's what competition is. It's an act of aggression. Competition says, I'm better than you. I am better than you. And I'm going to prove it right here in front of everybody. You don't have to go in front of the, the cameras and the microphone and say, oh, yeah, this game's a little bit different. You don't have to do any of that and go ahead and approach it the same way publicly that you always approach it. But when the game starts, it would be, especially after what happened on Wednesday, it would be good to see the Suns come out and play like they're trying to make a statement. Because I keep thinking of Utah, Wolf, and I, I don't think the Suns are, are in danger of this. But the Suns go to the NBA Finals two years ago, and the only team with a better record than them is Utah. 
And here we are two years later, and Utah's in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. Yeah. So this thought that, oh, you can't drop off that quickly. The Suns aren't dropping off. The Suns have the best record in the Western Conference. But I'm just saying, you, all this hype for Boston right now, yeah. that was you a year ago. Absolutely go out there and remind everybody that was you just 12 months ago. Really, not even just 12 months ago, just like seven months ago. What is the old coaching axiom out there? If you want to be the best, you need to beat the best. Is that what it is? The old saying? I think so. Especially at home. Here's here's um, real quick Jay Williams yesterday and we had him on talking about Devin Booker this year. I know so much of the MVP talk will be around you know, Luka Doncic and company and, and what Steph is doing and other players. But Devin Booker has 681 points in 26 games, man. That's a Phoenix Suns record, okay? And he's like one or two percentage points off of 50, 40, 90. The, the load he's carrying right now is exactly what you want to see from your star player. And staying in games and finding ways to that 50, 40, 90 yeah. doesn't get talked about a ton. The 50 from, from the field, 40 from three, and 90 from the free throw line. Yeah. That, guys don't hit that very often. He's actually 48, 39, and 88. Yeah. It's pretty Think good. about that. Consider, and then it's not like he's putting up six points a night and he's, he's shooting two for three from and the field. By the way, completely from memory. Are you right? That's what I'm talking about. I, mean, I didn't yeah. double check. Check it, man. Well, I'll check it during the break. You just say check it? Yeah, check <laughs> like, it. Like man. we're recording an album? Check it. Uh, all right, we come back. Sean Payton says he'd like to be back coaching sooner rather than later. What could that possibly mean for the football team in town? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.